If you'd like to listen to Radio Free Brooklyn when you're not in front of your computer, please consider downloading our free mobile app available in the App Store for iPhone or the Google Play Store for Android. You're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn. And it's time to get locked in rewound. The band's back together for another edition of Lost and Rewound here on Radio Free Brooklyn. My name is Alon Danziger, and I am joined uh, by familiar voices who do not need to introduce themselves, but I will let them anyway. Hi, I'm Will Hasty. My name is birthday girl Rachel Teichman. Ow, ow, As opposed to not birthday boy Will Hasty, because I'm pretty sure that's why we're here this week. Tonight, 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 we're here for our birthdays, Rach. Elon <laughs> himself also. Turned a certain age at a certain time. <laughs> but my birthday's not for another four months, dog. <laughs> it's your, well, it, it, you guys. It, you guys are the August B days. True. B true. days. Mine, mine was only a week and a half ago. Uh-huh. Or no, two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, now. yeah. You're, you're beginning of August, and Rachel is the is coming up uh, this upcoming uh, Monday. Monday. Yeah. 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 Happy birthday to you both. You, you. fine-ass Leo and you sexy Virgo. Yeah. Thanks, you Capricorn. I'm not Thank a Capricorn. You. I'm a, a Capricorn cusp, if you want to be technical. But I'm what actually are? a Sagittarius. Thank oh. you, you Sagittarius lover. Uh-huh. Um, we do this show every week on Radio Free Brooklyn as a means to <laughs> listen back to our old sounds, or in this case, read some of our old words, as a way to learn a little bit about how we got from there to here and connect the dots between then and now. Uh, if you, yourself, like Will and myself uh, this week, will be sharing some of our old words, um, or if you have actual uh, sounds from the past, be it music, comedy, uh, anything in between, email us at lostandrewound at radiofreebrooklyn.org. As teased, this week is uh, we're, we're getting back to the more of the written word, uh, some old, old writings that uh, probably should never have been agreed upon to be uttered on air, but we're doing it <laughs> because that's how we roll. Will, you uh, haven't been on the show for a few months. Uh, you've been having a productive summer. I, I guess I would say I've been having a COVID summer. It's been, uh, <laughs> it's been, I, I'd say in the same way that, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of things um, have changed and it's been, you know, life, life goes on. And I'm the most important thing is that, you know, my friends are okay. My family's okay. And everybody's healthy, but I'm, I'm going to be honest. There have been a lot of ups and downs and there have been a lot of pillars uh, that were removed uh, or pillars of my life removed. But thankfully, you know, Things settle and, and, you know, we always survive. 
And so as the world continues, I feel like it's, it's just nice to be back here with, um, you know, back with the radio fam. It's good to have you back. Um, just to be clear, you are healthy. I am healthy. I am absolutely healthy. I am, I am okay. Is I your, am physically- your family is healthy. My family is basically healthy. Um, but I have lost a number. I did lose a number of friends to, uh, or not a number of friends, but I, but I, I lost, I lost about, uh, two people who I was genuinely close with to COVID. Sorry to hear that. And, you know, just, just the, the ups and downs of everybody be, being extra stressed and, and everybody's lives sort of being, you know, ta- cast and tossed asunder. But again, I love this line. The only thing that makes all the darkness bearable is each other. So that's really, you know, again, so nice to be back. Rachel, have you uh, been more or less uh, keeping your sanity? I know that uh, you've got a big sort of hurdle that you are uh, in the midst of jumping over. COVID-19? Or, 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 you, or, you know, moving. Oh, yeah, that's right, listeners. Your boy's moving, so hey. whoever, whoever's been stalking me, you're going to have to find me again. God damn it, not again! <laughs> wait, 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 wasn't there that, like, uh, like a breakfast cart guy that you uh, would see every now and again? It was a halal cart guy. Halal cart. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Was this your actual, like, local halal cart guy? You just thought he was following you, but he was really just there? Or was he actually following you? He was not actually following me. This was really meant to go out to all of my stalkers, not just the halal cart guy. But you'll be happy to know that I'm staying in New York City. That's good. So I did not wimp out like a million other people. It's uh, it's really only because of an unethical landlord. So uh, if you have an unethical landlord, I encourage you to reach out to your local hotline. Good. Do it. I don't know what that local hotline is, but I entrust that if somebody... Reach out to 311 and the BBB, the Better Business Bureau. Uh, at any rate, I- I've been kicking it here, uh, not necessarily here in the rec room where we are i am this week i should say um we are still conducting as you can hear things in a more virtual way uh and that's mainly because uh we're not really allowed to have guests here um not yet anyway but soon i really really do look forward to the day where we will be able to have more than at least two people in the studio at a time Um, whoa 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 elon wait a minute wait a minute we need to address the elephant in the room you have a man bun i don't have a man bun you're working on a man. Is that not a man bun? Turn your head. No, no. Other way. You had you had a ponytail rocking. I, I have I have anime. I have anime hair at this point. I mean, it can go. It, it's malleable. It can go in many different ways. It, <laughs> last last year, I sincerely remember getting my hair to a certain length before I had to cut it off before I went to England on vacation. And uh, yes, I had to because it was my five year wedding anniversary, and I wanted to look clean and presentable and now here we are in a freaking global pandemic and i'm like hey wait hair we can get haircuts again Mm, i'm good i'm gonna i did it well yeah okay well you and i have chatted off uh the air about how i'm rocking this long hair and you're like why would you do that to yourself and i say (laughs) and i say to that well let me figure that pain and suffering out on my own okay i have to learn i have to learn on my own damn it (laughs) <laughs> I gotta say, Rach, it's a, I'm now with long hair myself. It is. Re- I actually kind of love this, like just being able to like for our audience members. I'm flipping my hair. My hair used to look just like that a little while ago. <laughs> I used to do the same brushed over thing, but yeah. I haven't done that style in in a little while. But I gotta say this: every 
time I now feel the pain every time I get out of the shower, every time it, that my hair keeps falling just the side in front of my eyes. It is the most annoying shit I've ever had to deal with in my life. And I never thought hair could be this frustrating. When my hair was down to my butt, I would like wash it at night and it would still be wet in the morning. <laughs> my favorite thing is I uh, refuse to lay my on my hair. Like I have to like like lift my hair up when I'm on the pillow because it just feels so uncomfortable lying on a bunch of hair. I just have to like <laughs> flip it up. <laughs> so in the morning, like I've got this real like ill flip going on. Uh, I headbanded. I headbanded oh my God. I headbanded too. Well, not at night. You headbanded yeah, at night? Yeah, I had. I had, yeah, so I headband at night, and it's a product of when I first had bangs when I cut my hair. I put the headband under my bangs, like on my forehead, so that they don't get greasy by the next morning. Oh, all right, because I've been, I've been headbanding it during the day just to keep it out of my face, but even then, it doesn't really work. But I always thought the headbands were for, like, skincare stuff, but that makes sense. No, I do this. You should be in a metal band like that. You actually should. You're pulling off. You're pulling off the sort of like like early '90s grunge rock, or like a or like an '80s metal band, like very well. Do you metal do metal bands? Uh, uh, you suppose uh, need someone to play uh, the recorder? Yeah, I wonder. Yeah. <laughs> Tonight on Rain Blood, the part of Tom Mackelson will be played by a recorder. Alto Rachel Tysman. Well, you know, uh, when I move in a couple of days, I'm going to have my cello. That's oh my right. God. That's right. Which is a very much more metal instrument, I should uh, say, than the recorder, although not without uh, certain creative liberties. Yeah. So perhaps on a future episode, you bring, know. Bring that cello in, babe. I'm, t- I'm, yeah. into, I'm into it. Must. That's a must. Uh, Let's actually talk about long-haired Rachel uh, for a minute. You, uh, because it's because it is a birthday episode, we are exercising some attention, shall we say, to the two of you uh, for this first half. And for you, Rachel, we're going to watch a quick clip of a birthday from your childhood. Could you speak upon what age you are turning in this clip? I was turning four years old in this clip. The big fourth year? Yeah, the big fourth year. Almost a whole hand. <laughs> that's Three, it's, this many. That's four whole fingers. That's like a lifetime when you're a four-year-old. This is pre-K age. This was about a week before I started what? pre-K. Okay, let's take, let's watch slash take a listen to August 25th, 2001, actually. The day after my fourth birthday, yeah. I might have gotten a toy. Ooh, I put your eye. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. I put your eye, Daddy. <laughs> Ooh, almost. Very close. I wonder if I got it. Very close. Ooh, good shot, Eric. Yeah. Well, you said? Yeah. But so did I. Still tied it down. I'm what? starting to get can bored. Wait, him too? No, can you can take no. turns. Can I ask him? What can I ask? Can. You want to take over for me? Um. Let you get the Eric? Uh, I would like to. Okay. Alright, I'll remember the score of your game. I will take a shot for you. Okay, take your shot. Go ahead. Oh, you wait. Wait, 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 
Whoever scores in this round, whoever scores one point wins, and then we can play it again. Yeah, I made that mistake once and I ended up losing. I know. <laughs> At least I'm not playing this time. Oh, he said that. No, that's the one again. Everyone act naturally. <laughs> Pretend I'm not here. <laughs> Lo love it. Loving the, the adults in the room just being like, yep. we're in a circle. Awkward, awkward, awkward. Hi. Like as a four-year-old, Rachel, you had a lot of adult friends. I saw maybe four kids <laughs> in a room of what must have been 30 people. <laughs> um, well, yeah, it was a family birthday party. So uh, all those adults, almost, yeah, all of the adults were uh, family members except for like three of them. If it wasn't unequivocally, like clearly, clearly a young child's birthday, like the fun, the fun would have been, wow. So. Uh, you don't know any kids, huh? No. <laughs> I will say, unfortunately, we don't have footage of this, but this is the same birthday party where uh, one of my cousins left a plate of chocolate cake on the floor, and I oh. stepped in it, and I stepped in it barefoot. Oh, what? Heartbreaking. Oh, no, the classic, not the destruction of the beautiful chocolate cake. Well, no, not the whole cake. It was just a slice. But still, um. like. It's like a way to uh, indoctrinate uh, people into the birthday party. You know, a groom steps on the glass for a wedding. A uh, birthday girl steps in uh, a piece of chocolate cake. Yeah. Ha! Opa! Opa! It's a birthday! We got the chocolate foot cake! Chocolate <laughs> Do you remember, like, was your birthday cake like a special character or something? Did, were you, like, making special requests even at four? It was chocolate cake. Um, I'm I'm sure that my mom came to me a couple of weeks before and was like, "What kind of cake do you want?" And she's like, "Chocolate, right?" And I'm like, "Yeah, chocolate." Mm. And then that's kind of it. Do Do we recall birthdays where we had like intricately designed cakes? They could have been crappy in hindsight, but you know, at the time, we're like, "Oh my god, this Garfield cake, this Batman cake, this Ernie and Bird cake." Oh man. I never had those. No. Nah. Nah, my parents got they they sprung for the less fancy character cakes and instead got good tasting cakes. Solid. Damn right. Yeah, I gotta say, Crowd my family. Yeah, family was in the same boat. Elon, were you were your fam was your family about the spectacle of cake or the taste of cake? Taste of cake. Spectacle was second nature, but uh, you know, I you have to also remember that I would invite as many kids as possible to these parties uh for my fifth and my sixth birthdays with uh regards to having the ventriloquist steve charney uh in attendance as entertainment i seem to recall inviting my entire kindergarten uh slash nursery school classes um, wow and then uh for the puppet show the next year and for the bowling alley the next year which we we, we covered that bowling alley clip uh was a um yeah, it was just smaller. It was like a smaller engagement. Uh, and then they just continued getting smaller after that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> keeping, I feel that. Intimate company. These parties were kind of big because we invited the whole family. Plus, my brother had to have like a friend and that whole thing. Mm. Um, but I thought this clip was kind of funny because it's like 
so clearly baby anxiety where like I had to ask permission to like ask if I could play the game at my own birthday party. No, but what, but what made it what made it hard like when you said, "Can I can I ask?" and he was like, "Yeah, go ask." And you just walk out. You know, it's like like there's no there's no question of please. It's like I play now. You know, what I, mean? I I couldn't. I remember it. I yeah. like walked up to him and just like froze. It wasn't air hockey. It was like some form of the air hockey variant. Um, it's knock hockey. Knock hockey. hockey. That's amazing. Can we just call that's it knocky. For, yeah, just call it knocky. Yeah, like, I don't know. Knocky. That sounds wrong somehow. Knocky. <laughs> I want to play not hockey. Oh, knocky? Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, not not hockey is exactly what four months of this year was already. Um, but the thing is, is that. <laughs> You got a chance to play, and who were who was the kid you were playing as? That wasn't Josh, was it? No, no. Josh is older than me. Um, that kid was Eric. He's actually a few months younger than me, which at that age is kind of a big difference. Mm. And um, and that was his dad who I took over for. And then the person who was like scorekeeping, yeah. that was my cousin Mike, who oh. is the same age as my brother and as Josh. Gotcha. And I've got to say, very filmically laughed exactly at the right time to your dad's very, very dad joke. Yeah, well, his dad is my dad's brother. So, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. You both have birthdays in August. So because you're outside of the confines of a school year birthday. Um, yeah. You know, Always having an issue. Exact, sorry, what were you saying, Will? Always an issue. Right. So, you know, Rachel mm. makes a lot of sense why you had a lot of family there because all the kids are still away um, or, yeah. not, or, ha- or not quite at school yet because it's still close to the school starting, but not quite. And Will, yours mm-hmm. is like dead in the summer. So yeah, uh, that that creates a sort of conundrum for you. Every year we would always celebrate or at least after I remember after I can't remember. Actually, I can't remember whether it was after first or second grade, but we started celebrating two birthdays, one on the day of which was really just a very small family affair. And one which would be like at the end of the school year when people were actually around and could come. And that became a tradition when I kept not, when I basically just kept not having a birthday in kindergarten, first grade, and second grade. Yeah, I always waited until like the first or second week of school in September to Mm. have like the kid birthday party. Mm. I mean, I mean, did your teachers do this thing where they, for for either of you, where they would, or for, well, really just for me and Rach, when it was a summer birthday that at the end of the year they would present you or at some point in the year, they would say, and for the people who don't have birthdays during the school year, happy birthday. Yeah, they would do that. And it was always like very lackluster. I think. I know. Once, yeah. Yeah. Once or twice, I convinced my parents to bring in cupcakes, but it was always like on the last day of school. So like nobody cared. <laughs> right. Everybody's already checked out. Oh, yeah. Man. You're like, happy birthday. To- All right. Seriously. Can we get out of here? Yeah. Thanks to you, Rachel, for contributing that little nice slice into your childhood uh, yet again. At this time, we should uh, shift over to you, Will. You uh, contributed a story. This is the namesake for your production company, Jack's Life Productions. Correct. This is, in fact, Jack's Life. Now, unfortunately, the original is still yet to be found. The old English teacher who I wrote this with is searching for it through her house. She now writes for the Department of Education and lives in upstate New York, but she is hunting it. And aside from that, I couldn't find a hard copy, so... Basically, from just talking to friends and just trying to remember it myself, I tried to reconstruct basically a portion of it, but this really only boils down to what was the sound at the very beginning of the film, which is this story got made. It's my first movie that I was proud of. And you only gave us like a snippet? 
I know. No, it's terrible. Like, I don't have a hard copy of this film. I have I have part of the 16 millimeter reel, and I don't have the hard copy of the original, and yet it played such a profound um, part of my life. Well, let's let's get to reading. Uh, I believe uh, Rachel and I are going to read uh, certain parts, but did you still want to read this uh, introduction so that the listener can have a little bit of context, I suppose? I would love to do that, but just keep in mind I was a very self-deprecating super nerd. At what Back, age? This is this was in middle school, so I must have written this when I was about thirteen or fourteen. Okay. And so I was I was also a super athlete. I was also like a national rank. Yes, you swimmer. were a nationally ranked swimmer who also was involved in writing scripts. You had yes. all you, you had know, this so much my, time. <laughs> this way, yeah, exactly. No, but like, but like these poured out of me because it was the only time I had free, and it was really just me making fun of my high school self. But real quick. Just to roll back on the earlier birthdays, the second grade, like lackluster end of your birthday for me having a birthday in the summer, I will remember for the rest of my life because the teacher said, we're going to take this as a day for us to do whatever you like. Gardner, what do you like? And I said, I like space. And everybody made me a space-related card or little... That's so like, nice. That's it was really a cool... It was really sweet. That memory has stuck with me through so... Ba- you know, it's, it was a really wonderful memory. So shout out to Craig and Eva, my second grade teachers. Anyway... Come on, Space Cadet. Give us the start. Let's do it. Jack's life. Reconstruction. We start with a pan over the city of New York. Once upon a time in a town not so different from this one, there was a boy named Jack. Now, Jack wasn't the most popular boy in town. In fact, he was at the lower end of the social ladder. Now, Jack had a very large crush on a certain girl named Jenny. He was nearly obsessed. But the funny thing was, he'd never had a talk with this girl. In fact, he had never had any contact with her whatsoever. So one day, he decided to make a movie. The movie would be about a situation not much different from his. In fact, it would be the exact same situation, word for word. The only difference is that he'd have a conversation with the girl. Jack's hope was that Jenny would see this really cool movie and think he was so cool for making this really cool movie that she'd fall desperately in love with him, or at least feel sorry for him and say hi every once in a while. Jack decided to talk to his best friend, Scott, I mean Scotty, to discuss the various ideas for the movie. They talked on a big green couch over a good game of Halo, the pastime for the socially impaired. The movie would be epic in scope, a story of love surviving against all odds, transcending time and sense. Okay, so there's an alien invasion underway, and some of the alien henchmen have cornered her in the park as she was idyllically walking home. Moments before they capture her, Jack dives into battle, beating them senseless, and saving her with superhero levels of awesome. Jenny, overwhelmed, runs into Jack's arms. Jack, you saved me, and I want to reward you by going out with you. But since there's an alien invasion underway, let's run away, far away, where we can frolic in the grassy hills and slowly but desperately fall in love with one another. Massive orchestral music swells. The two run towards each other in an idyllic field, happy and blissfully into each other. Jack continued in a long, three-hour, eloquent description of how the alien invasion triggered a zombie apocalypse, and through the power of their love and Jack's awesome, they defeat the alien invasion rebury the zombies and save the world also finding some very effective and psychically satisfying forms of employment and entertainment for zombies not sacrificed to the meat grinder of jack's massive body count satisfied jack came out of his story fugue state and looked to scotty for notes so what'd you think that is by far the stupidest thing you have ever told me in the long years i've known you what the, the seventy-two person flight? You know, it's like you know, with the no. 
But what what if the super gods? No, no, absolutely not. No, you know what? I'm out of here. I am, in fact, I am stupider for even having heard that out loud. I gotta go home. I'll see you tomorrow. Jack then took a walk to contemplate teenage angst and his unfulfilling social life when all of a sudden he ran into Jenny. Uh, hi. Uh, hey, you're, you're Jack, right? Yeah. Oh, uh, well, do you want to go out sometime? Jack raced through his head, finding a perfect phrase. Uh, what do I do now? The end. So, okay, I'm confused. So that is Jack's life, that is Jack's life reconstructed without a middle. But I hope, I thought it would give you the general flavor of that film. It was so abridged that I'm like still trying to figure out. So what you're saying is, is that <laughs> this, this is, uh, you know, Jack pitching something, Scott says stupid, and then Jack goes so, on his life, and then the girl that he's thinking about is like, hey, let's go out. The whole idea was that this kid who very clearly is into this girl decides to make a movie to get this girl to like him. And so he goes over to his friend's house and pitches the, and there's a lot of like inside references here because like Scott and Scotty, a very good friend of mine was named Scott, but to change the name so they wouldn't affect the innocent, I changed it to Scotty. Jenny was Lenny. And so the whole student body was fully aware of this. Yeah. And this was written with the expectation that it was going to be read by everybody in the school because it was going in the literary mag. And also that it was going to be made into a movie that the entire school was going to see. So, and did that happen? Oh, yeah. (laughs) And so, basically, it was all of these were references to my crush on Lenny, which was also public affair. And so, basically, the movie was about a situation that was that was taking place in real life. The storyline is actually that I go over to Scott's house and pitch him these horrifically terrible ideas that are superficial and lame and love story ish. But they're so, but they're, and they're made in an incredibly over the top way. So in the film itself, you see all of these different options play out, and they're just ridiculous, right? And they're they're, they're just sort of hilariously, hilariously impossible. And then at the end, and they're, but they're all, but the whole sequence is treated very seriously. So by so at the end, you're then looking at it, and you don't know whether the director is serious about this or whether it's bullshit. And then you see my little brother's reaction, where he's just like, "Are are are you, are you stupid?" But, that is that is literally the I am that is literally the dumbest thing you have ever told me in the long years I've known you, and so then having failed across the board and thrown nothing but terrible ideas, his friend is like, "No, I'm done dealing. Good, all right, I just I just need to go home. I'm done dealing with this bullshit. Goodbye." And he goes home, and then the kid, just like you know, teenage angsty, goes for a walk and happens to run into the girl. And so all of this energy and all this effort that's been put into building up and figuring out how to communicate with her is rendered meaningless when she just goes, hey, you want to go out sometime? And cut back to him and he's like, I, uh, uh, um, what do I do now? Cut to black. And so the whole idea was that it's just like an ode to stupid teenage angst, right? To the incredible like loops we can create in our own heads. Yep. And it did really well. It killed. Like the student body loved the shit out of it, and it won- and it got to go to. I, I submitted it to New York Film Academy to um, when I went there as a summer program, and it actually won in their grad program. Aww. That's cool, nice. dude. It was really because it's just a because it was really it was a very very personal me literally just making fun of the most emotionally potent thing in my life at that time. Well, 
I'm glad that you got to share a little bit of it. We have more scripts to read, of which are highly uh, more suspect than the one that we just read through. Um, so you're off the hook, Will. And uh, for, me, for, 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 for your birthdays this week, y'all, I have uh, compiled some scripts for us to read. We're going to take a quick word from RFB at this moment. And when we return, uh, let's get started on some uh, 2006 scripts. Are y'all ready? So ready. Rachel? Let's do it. Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn. Coming back at you in a little bit. Radio Free Brooklyn's mission is to provide a free and open platform to our community and promote media literacy, education, and free expression. We rely primarily on donations from listeners like you. Every dollar helps us stay on the air. Support independent community media by pledging whatever you can. All contributions are tax-deductible to the fullest extent of the law. Please support with a monthly pledge or one-time donation at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate. So in 2006, I was not even a year living in New York. I had moved in fall of 05 and was looking for work. And I could tell you now that my mom was probably working more than I was on Craigslist looking for gigs and jobs for me. And some of them were good. Some of them were crap. I went on a lot of interviews. And she found one with a woman. uh, Shout out to Liz Lesser, wherever she may be. And she was conducting a sketch writing uh, circle, a sort of like a writer's workshop, if you will. And she would have uh, – and I auditioned – not auditioned. I interviewed with her, and I was invited to come in, and I was very excited. And I don't remember if the scripts that I sent to her in an email entitled Revisions in June of 06, um, they these actually went anywhere. But the key component to what made this circle such a huge success in its own right for the time that it was, was just collaboration. And all these folks, you know, would get around, you know, of beers and go meet on the Upper West Side at this Irish pub. And then they would meet in the back room and we would just write down stuff and we would make these scripts that were basically group efforts. Uh, These scripts have no bearing at all to that group effort whatsoever. These are these were mine. I'm sorry, I literally almost spit on my coffee. What? <laughs> these scripts, these scripts that I'm, I that we are sharing and that you will be reading uh, are literally not from anybody else's uh, mind except for mine. So when I emailed these revisions to her, I'm not sure what I was thinking, thinking that maybe they could be a part of the writing process and edited. But nothing ever happened to them. She never responded to that email. She just glazed over it and moved on because she had the right idea to not do anything with any of these because they were so bad. And I forgot about them (laughs) until I was looking through emails and I was like, wait a second, what? So I want to start reading. Wait, wait, real quick, real quick. Real what? Real quick. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Tonight I'm lost and rewound. Today we're not in tonight yet. (laughs) <laughs> this show airs in the afternoons and mornings. Do you where what what dimension were you in the last three months? God damn it! I'm in COVID netherworld. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love the pitches. I love that the pitches. Elon's teachers reject pile. <laughs> Basically, that's that's pretty much what I think it might have been. So, um, I believe yeah. we have hostages in our periphery. Rachel, yeah. uh, why, why don't you play the officer? Uh, slash cop because I think I went back and, <laughs> went, went back and forth and uh, Will if you could be the criminal 
You got it. <laughs> Take it away. Attention, you are surrounded. Put your hands over your head and slowly exit the building. Oh, oh, oh I'll come out, all right, but, but, but I have hostages, but, and I have demands. We will meet your demands if you promise to not harm the hostage. Deal. What is it you want? A helicopter, and I want a guy to teach me how to control it myself. We have a helicopter, but we don't need to get you an instructor. It's real easy, actually. Have you ever driven a stick? Yes, of course. It's just like that, but instead of a car, it's a helicopter. Oh, okay, fine. But, but, but I have more demands, so, so listen good. I want three hours of lead time to make it to Mexico, and I insist that a Mexican translator will travel with me. The lead time is fine. It's just, uh, this translator, he called in sick, but we happen to have this teach-yourself-Spanish software in the trunk if you want that instead. Is there a computer on the helicopter? Will an old Macintosh do? Uh, I suppose. What else? A hot meal, for Christ's sakes! There's a foreman grill on the Whirlybird. Is that all? Uh, one more demand. Uh, two tickets to Chicago! Will that be after the Mexican vacation? No! Not the city, the musical! But, but one condition follows. Uh, I want Huey Lewis uh, to come back and star. Not that Usher twerk. I hate him. Look, you're gonna have to give us some time on that one. Fine, fine. Huey Lewis is worth it. But, but if you want more time, well, well then, buddy, you're gonna have to give me something in return. In good faith, of course. Okay. Well, have you ever gorged yourself on a drinking binge before? Listen, buddy, I don't know what you take me for, but I'm a criminal. I have maniacal plans for success that include kidnapping hostages for ransom and killing innocent people for pleasure just to earn a decent buck. I have the law chasing after me, a van that belongs to a Chinatown duck market, and a bag of cocaine waiting in the glove compartment when I get back. On top of that, I make passes at strippers on my off time. And maybe if I'm lucky, I'll go home with them. Of course I've binged on cranberry juice before. What about? What if I told you that you could have all the vodka you could ask for while waiting for Huey Lewis to come back? Do chasers come along with it? Only cranberry juice. That'll do. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> this, is such, this is so ridiculous. This is, it's, it's fun because it's clearly just like a, I'm clearly a criminal. And I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, just yep. the willingness to go along. It's, um, it's fun. I have no idea what, I, what inspired me with this at all, but I really should have added more lines from the hostages or hostage. Did we ever hear anything from the hostage or what he was holding or what he was? Um... No, 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 that was never <laughs> that the best part about this. <laughs> this particular scene is, is that there is no establishment of, of like where they are other than just like you are surrounded. Oh, I have hostages that are <laughs> totally unnamed. <laughs> and they 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 remain uh, anonymous and it doesn't matter because they're not going to say anything because I'm the only one who's allowed to say anything. I don't know what was necessarily my inspiration for the, mm -hmm. the rhythm i feel like it's trying to heighten 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 to a certain level until it just like breaks down to being like the criminal has no idea that yeah. he was just offered a bunch of alcohol and he's clearly he's like of course i drink cranberry juice what are you talking about <laughs> like he just glazed over the fact that he has all these things i also want to address the fact that i had no idea that huey lewis was in and uh was in chicago like it, I don't remember this happening Honestly, at all. Neither do I. But, I have yeah. no idea who that is. Huey Lewis. I have no. I thought that was just a name. It's okay. So you know who uh, that Usher is. I know who Usher is. Yes. <laughs> Huey Lewis in the news, referenced in a movie called uh, American Psycho, uh, with a song called uh... "Hip to Be Square." Um, Hip to be square. He's a he's a national treasure, but um. 
pretty. I'm sure he is pretty much. An, also, also, the inspiration for that wonderful nail gun that he didn't. The what's his name didn't pull the trigger on in American Psycho. Yeah. So at this time, uh, I want to do one thing, and that is I want to uh, bring in somebody and uh, sort of a surprise, if you will. Oh. Um, I have a surprise guest who's going to be joining us. <laughs> we, we're going to read another script, but we're waiting for this person to arrive, and, and they oh should be God. here any, any minute now. There she is! What? Hey! Hey! <laughs> Oh my God! It's Catherine Grant. Holy shit! <laughs> Hi, Will. How are you? Hey, Catherine. How are you? I'm good. I got a lot of sun this weekend, so I'm incredibly sunburned. In fact, I'm a side sleeper, and because of how burnt I am, I can't sleep on my side. Um, so last night it was like mummy style, laying on my back, nice. but I'm good. Otherwise, apart from the sunburn. Catherine Grant, our surprise guest for our special birthday uh, blowout edition here with Rachel and Will. Uh, Catherine, thank you so much for joining on such short notice. Of Yo. course. And did we already sing happy birthday to Rachel and Will? We have not no, yet. We, we, we will do that. That um, is the worst thing you could possibly do. Yeah. Oh, Rachel. Or is it the best thing? The <laughs> <laughs> oh, best. Thing. So, the best thing, baby. so uh we've read through one script already Catherine, and uh all we okay. need is to uh assign parts for the second one um before we read it i just want to confirm that you are comfortable and okay with reading dumpster <laughs> given my sure um well, <laughs> dumpster is and was a you know, it's a problematic piece. I think we all know that going in. Yes. Um, and as we, you know, uh, as we have our post-game interview, I think we can unpack some of those problematic elements. But I, as an actor, am comfortable reading it. Yes. Okay. Rachel, you're welcome to play Beth if you want. And okay. And uh, Will, could you play Jack? And Catherine, could you sure. please play the homeless man? But, but yes. I don't get to you my shitty cotton accent. I, I want to leave it to an actual Brit to do this, okay? <laughs> a semi-Brit. Semi hey, that's only got 50% in this, no kidding. All right. And now, reading Dumpster from 2006, <laughs> Catherine Grant, Rachel Teichman, and Will Hasty, go ahead, you lovely fools. I know it's been a long and arduous day. But I wanted to let you know that dumpster diving with you is the best way to spend a Saturday afternoon. We could have gone to the beach or went hang gliding, but I really appreciate your open mind and sheer frugality. Right back at you. You know, back in grade school, I always thought you were a total slob because you chose to be. I never would have dreamed you were raised like that and, and how it's made you into the trendsetter that you are today. Looking at you covered with filth really puts into perspective the whole definition of beauty. I'm glad I'm marrying you for your brains. Oh, please, don't kid yourself. You know I'm easy on the eyes even after I shower. Mm, you said it. Yeah, get it on! I beg your pardon. I'm not here. I blend in well with the atmosphere. <laughs> oh, look, Jack. It's a vagabond. Not just any vagabond. James Vagabond. A 
very mentally ill vagabond, it seems. Listen, it's not a joke. I'm a secret agent employed by the New York City Waste Commission to patrol around dumpsters in all five boroughs. My mission is top secret, but what I can tell you must remain between the three of us. Dude is freaking me out, Beth. There's a bomb! I tell you, a bomb laid, hidden, in this dumpster, and it takes the form of... What the fuck, dude? We're just here to pick up some furniture, you freak. You may question my motives, but I can assure you it is only for the good of mankind and to maintain your well-being. Honestly, if you don't mind, please just let my fiancé and I make our way through. Oh, your fiancé! If it's dumpster diving, love, look no further than with my light to show you the way. I can't believe this guy. Once I defuse this bomb, we will hop into the next boat to Staten Island, where I'll show you the many spectacles unseen by the common man. Unlike this bugger, I have the key you've been looking for. Come with me, Beth Park. You know my real name? What give? I mean not to stir your emotions, just to shake them up a bit. Oh, James Vagabond, take me with you. Um, Beth, uh, what about furniture hunting? Saving the environment, all that rational stuff? Seriously, what gives? Go fuck yourself, Jack. Uh, I'm turning over a new leaf, and this time I'll be helping not only save the environment, but the world. Right, of course. Like defusing a bomb is some random in some random dumpster. Really funny. Have fun living in dumpsters the rest of your life, you filthy whore. She may be filthy, but you're the whore, Jack. All right, you know what? Fuck this dumpster diving. I'm out of here. Call me one, sweetheart. Oh, Doctor, I just can't seem to meet a guy who's willing to have sex with me in a dumpster. Oh, enough convention. We'll talk about it on Monday at 5 of we do every week. I can't believe I did this for you! Listen, I'm gonna go grab some legal lockers from the bag lady. Ken... No! You may not join me! There's some fresh Burger King over that way. Ugh. Fucking freak! Oh my god. <laughs> Oh dear, I am I am schwitzing okay. over here at the rec. Okay, I like you know. Gotta say, cold first time I've ever seen that. Nice room. Y'all. I am nice schwitzing room. over here in the rec room, y'all. Oh man, Whew. And I love okay. I love to grab some wheat old latkes <laughs> from over there. <laughs> so I, I I think I should make a note now that I probably had just heard about dumpster diving at this time in my life, and I was thinking to myself, <laughs> so. What what's weird about this? Like, could we make a dating scenario in dumpster diving? Fourteen years later, I'm thinking to myself, "Oh God, the, the <laughs> sheer sexism that I was so comfortable mm. writing in this scene is so debilitatingly mm. embarrassing that it's it belongs mm. on Lost and Rewound." But it also speaks mm. uh, uh, to sort of like how terrible. I am at just completing thoughts. I could count maybe like ten times that there was like a an ellipses where like someone had to cut the other person off. Like that's such a cop out. <laughs> um, thoughts though, uh, reading that for you guys. <laughs> Fair. I'll go first. This is Catherine speaking. Um, I think what's interesting from the top is how the the, the sexism really like starts in line two and kind of sets a tone for the rest of the scene of if you're a woman watching this, 
I don't think you're going to like any of it. And <laughs> I, think, I think the goods that were promised were sold. Um, so while it's a funny scene, it completely isolates half your audience. And I think the character of the homeless man sort of playing that and playing into that like really chaotic energy. I really enjoyed that character a lot. Rachel, you, again. My word. Yeah, you, you seemed to think that the, the sexism, obviously, uh, admittedly palpable as it is, uh, mm -hmm. was not as bothersome to you. Is that correct? Um, yeah. So resident whore here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Ditch passing from the harem. Yeah. And, the, uh, and we go live. And we go live to the matron's office. Yeah. Um, you know, I... It, it is very obviously problematic and I don't feel the need to add on to what's already been said in that regard. Uh, I think it's obvious, but I find it hilarious to play very problematic characters because this is not something that I would ever write myself. This is not probably a role that I would ever be given in a, in a larger scenario. Uh, but for the purpose of this show, I found this to be very enjoyable. Mm. Still schwitzing over here. Will, how are you? I gotta, I mean, I gotta agree with Rach in the sense that it's really, really fun to play, to play problematic characters because you actually get to sort of address those, you know, those greater issues within society. But at the same time, these are my least favorite kind of problematic character to play just because it is the most quintessential, like, so I'm a man and women are lesser and that's just the way it works. And it was <laughs> like the fun part, the two most fun parts of this for me were one, that the homeless guy has a British Cockney accent and then he goes from a British Cockney accent <laughs> to like a quasi-racist Jewish accent. Yep. <laughs> so yeah. like if I'm going to like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, no, what was the last thing you said? You, you were laughing Let's to... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I've got. I, I, let's see if we can hit the extremes. Let's find the least comfortable things yeah. and let's fuck with them and not in the productive way. Yeah. Like it's it's fun. And I got to say, I salute you for putting this on mm -hmm. on the birthday show just because it is such an indicator of, of shift in your thinking over time. Oh yeah. No, <laughs> I uh, pretty much stopped writing after this because I can't believe that I actually <laughs> sent this to a woman. <laughs> You're like, I gave up. Yeah, was, was I, I think I'm going to just focus on acting now you know, for, a, for a while. <laughs> Until my unlearning is complete, I yeah. can't run the game. Yeah. She did me a favor by not even deeming these scripts worthy of a response. Um, so again, shout out to Liz oh Lester for, for taking the high road there. We do have one more to read. Um, and Catherine, uh, you've also been uh, provided this script. Um, this one is less problematic. I think it's actually uh, rolls pretty well. It's uh, apparently oh, what? It's the court. Wait. It's uh, the court. The court scene. This is the one I really like. Thought was probably the easiest and uh, the best flowing for uh, Lost and Rewound, and for general uh, the fact that it's only just slightly offensive, but not really that offensive whatsoever. Um, in the same way that the other one was. So if like. The one that we heard was a ten. This one's like I don't know, like a four, probably. <laughs> See, I would have said I would have said that that last one was like a four, and this one is more of like a one. Yeah. Okay. Well, you're being so kind. Thank you for being kind. Would you like to play the judge, Rachel? You seem to think I should. So uh, you are the let's judge. You are a good judge. <laughs> Will, I'm gonna have you play James, and uh, I'll be the bailiff, which is only like two lines. Catherine, if, right. you would, if, if you would be so kind as to be the prosecution. 
You got it. Um, Bring out the dancing lobsters. Without further ado, I'd like to present this untitled first vignette <laughs> court scene. You may begin, Catherine. I'd like to call Mr. James Johnson to the stand. Mr. Johnson was found to have been present during the brutal murder of his brother, the victim, Timothy Johnson. Mr. Johnson, if you would approach the witness stand. I didn't kill the fucker, I swear. Order, Mr. Johnson, that is the third outburst from you this afternoon. One more and I will have you thrown out of this courthouse by your ears and detained immediately. Now, approach the witness stand, please. He got what he deserved anyway. Bailiff, if you may. Raise your right hand, please, and place your left hand on this super Tom Clancy novel I'm reading. <clears throat> Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God Almighty if you lie? This judge is really going to make sure your soulmate is a sodomizer, or usually sleepless in a cell out in the bumfuck of New York State. Judge Reinhold, did you just hear? Please. Mr. Johnson, do not waste this court's time. And do not think of even questioning the justice system on my clock either. Uh, I, I do. Good. Please be seated, Mr. Johnson. The prosecution may approach the witness stand. Oh, and Dale, be gentle this time, all right? Jimmy. Oh, Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy. There must have been a song that went something like that, huh? I wouldn't. That's why your mama named you Jimmy, huh? Uh, well, actually, she- Yes or no? No. No? No, I'm a third generation James. Oh, isn't that just the most inspiring story? Tell me, Jimmy, how old were you when your brother was born? Why he's- Because it seems to me that Timmy always was the more mature of you two, despite your alarming age difference. I wouldn't call it a lot. I didn't ask what you thought. I'll create the opinions around here, if you don't mind. No, not at all. Oh, so you always did think you were the most mature of the two. Not necessarily. So you were jealous of your brother's treatment, huh? All this time, you thought yourself king shit, and he was the one always getting poontang and spectacular raises down at the lumberyard. Now, just a minute there, Mr. Prosecutor. Don't go treading into my personal life like that. Oh, please, kid. If I wanted to interrogate you, I could. But there's only a fine line I can tread in this courtroom, you know? Now. Care to tell the jury about the time you almost poisoned your brother's soup with hallucinogenic mushrooms? I was told they weren't hallucinogenic. He oh, gee. No further questions, Your Honor. The court will be adjourned for a short recess while I take my medication. James, it is under my jurisdiction that I suggest you do the same. Oh, good. <laughs> what a relief. It's been a while since I popped my oxy. Oh boy. Okay. That was very fun. Thoughts. Yang. <laughs> Great work too. Yes. Great work to everybody. <laughs> the procedural part of this that I love, like the one part that I was like, okay, no, 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 let's see where this goes. I'm kind of, I'm, I'm in. 
was uh, raise your right hand and place your left hand on this super Tom Clancy novel, and then especially <laughs> ending with uh, nothing but the truth, so help you God Almighty, if you lie, this judge is really going to make sure your cellmate is a sodomizer as you lay sleepless and sell out in the bum fuck of no... Of <laughs> Yeah, can we talk to can we talk about that? Can we talk about that line for a second? Yeah. So one, you go to prison to get sodomized. Yes, that's right. Can we talk about that for a second? That's what exactly what happens. The first thing you are indoctrinated into your prison life by immediate sodomizing. I mean, that is that is rape. Right. Also massively homophobic, but what else? You know. Yes. It it did not age well. No, it did not. But um, for the time, at the time, that was like a normal joke to hear in the media all the time. Like even in cartoons. Mm-hmm. Good call on that, Rachel. I That's my job. Something really interesting about that line is A was expertly delivered. I when reading the script thought, who is going to pull off the multi-hyphenated part of this like line? So very well delivered to you. And then the second point is in a from a writing perspective, you know, you would separate these two jokes. You'd separate like put your left hand on the Tom Clancy novel from the like do you tell the whole do you tell the whole truth? Like these are two really great moves, just inappropriate, but they like need to be spaced out. And the structure of the scene was like interesting because the bailiff is crazy, the prosecution is crazy, judge is normal, James is normal. So like it's hard as a like audience member of like where are the moves? Because sometimes the moves are like two at once and sometimes the moves are like different characters. Yeah. So it's like, is the world crazy? Is the character crazy? Yeah. So my like improv nerd and writer nerd was like, I can't follow the plot. Like I can't follow the game. I'm very game based because of UCB. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. with that line, I was like, hmm, hmm. Like there's a lot of good nuggets here. It just needs like a zhuzhing um, and a, like a redaction as well of certain lines. Oh yeah. Can I, uh, yeah. Can I build on that? Can, yeah, please do. I want the only thing because I, I had a very I had a similar experience except with except with James because I always thought James was going to turn out to be the straight man and he never did, and so I was like, and so I was like, and so I was and so same deal. My writer brain was being like, all right, so where's the oh, it's over, you know? Yes, and in I, that James didn't call out the weird behavior, like he never truly straight man. Yes, he was just like, I am a normal vessel. I'm not really like. Yes. You know, <laughs> I'm not affected by the cuckoo town that is taking place. So I just was going off. And I had none of you, Will, being like, as James, uh, wait, what? This is yeah. not what's supposed to transpire. Like, you are blatantly displaying the crazy behavior is like, I'm saying all this really inappropriate stuff in front of a jury and then acknowledging them only at the end to then say, like, isn't this case going so well? And like, I didn't interrogate you. It's like, yes, I just did. It was just so fun. Does anybody- it's so crazy. And yeah. then at the end, it's like, you know what time it is? Drug time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, you. This is like kitchen sink comedy. It's like, yeah, let's yeah, throw in solid, like sodomizing and like the Clancy novel and like, let's throw in hallucinogenics <laughs> and oxy. Like, uh, throw it all in there. Yeah. So throw it all in. So You're like Dumbo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One thing I really just want to see if we can, we can just, we just unpack this a little bit. The line from the prosecution. So you were jealous of your brother's treatment, huh? All this time, you thought yourself king shit, and he was the one. Oh, oh yeah. Like, is, that, is that autobiographical? Is that like... I think, like, no, like no, but it really, that, that that raises an eyebrow, or it should raise an eyebrow to anyone listening, because when's the last time that terrible, <laughs> terrible euphemism has even been 
uttered out of anyone's lips. That's like a mid-aughts, early-aughts sort of like teen comedy sort of thing that you hear. I hated saying it. <laughs> Thank you, Catherine, for yeah, that's for, be, for being a team player for yeah. for both of these scripts and for being our surprise guest for this edition. It was an honor and a privilege, and I also need to take a shower because I did it. Yeah. I thought you were going to say something else, and I was really excited for it. I did it. too. I did too. <laughs> you yeah. were you were our birthday gift, Catherine. You really were, yeah. We uh, are going to be heading out a little bit and a reminder that if you have any interest in listening to past episodes with the three of us or just myself or me and Rachel or me and Will or whatever, across the board, there's so many episodes in the archives and you can listen to all of them on our SoundCloud page over on Apple Podcasts. Or, to make it easiest, you can go to our main profile page at radiofreebrooklyn.org slash LAR, and all of our episodes are available through the Megaphone drop-down player. We bid you a fond farewell for this week. My name is Alon, kicking it here in the rec room for Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn. Ta-ta! Bye! Bye! Zoom lags won't exist anymore once Facebook buys it. It'll be okay. What'd you say? I said, Happy motherfucking birthday, Will Hasty! <laughs>